A man lies about murder in an attempt to get the police to clear the snow near his house. French workers can now eat lunch at their desks without going to jail. And a cannabis lounge becomes a town's only shelter for the homeless during a deep freeze. These are the weird news stories for Tuesday. Yeah, it's Tuesday. (laughs) What day is it? I have no idea. It's Weird AF News, though. You're in the right place. You want some weird news? Hopefully I'll make it funny. A man lied to the police about murder to get them to clear the snow near his house. A Ukrainian man confessed to a fictitious murder in the hope that the police would clear his snow-covered road when they came to arrest him, authorities say. The Ukrainian man called the police Saturday evening to tell them that he had killed his mother's boyfriend by stabbing him in the chest. Very specific. A chest stabbing on a snowy evening. But at the same time, he immediately warned the police that if you're coming to get him, you should come with a snowplow because there's too much snow on his road. There's no other way to access him. Uh, The officers did not need a snowplow, it turns out, to get to the man's house. They got there in a SUV. And immediately upon arriving, they discovered that the relative was indeed at the house. The mother's boyfriend was in one piece and not harmed at all. No one had even attacked him. It was... It was probably a big surprise to him that the police were there. Sir, are you alive? (laughs) Yes, I'm fine. What happened? They added that the killer immediately confessed to making the fake call in order to get his road plowed. (laughs) It just seems a little over the top to confess to a murder. I mean, I imagine he's tried some other things. Um, I I don't know what he tried, but I'd, I'd imagine... At first, it was probably, you know, hey, I can't get to my car. Can you come and, you know... Plow the road and my driver. Hey, my car is skidding. I can't get to the end of the street. Hey, my, I have an elderly mother and I'm afraid she's going to slip and fall. Can you come plow? Oh, that's not working. I murdered somebody. Yes, I murdered man. Now come plow house. Come plow my road. Please bring hot cocoa. It's very cold right now. Also, maybe marshmallows. I make us all s'mores by crackling fire in my house once you get here. Snowy evening could use some s'mores and hot cocoa. Don't forget plows. Don't forget many shovels. You'll need some shovels to get to my place. I'm talking many, many inches of stuff. The municipal services had plowed the road earlier, but he was not satisfied with the quality of the snow plowing job that they had done. I'm taxpaying citizen, and you'll need to plow when needed. We have lots of snow in Ukraine right now. 20 inches blanketing most of country. Record snowfall we are experiencing. So you must snow. You must snow. You must plow the snow. If not, I I will make up crimes until you come and plow my road. The man is from a village called Grubovna Rodnya. I think I said that correctly. Grubovna Rodnya. Anybody in the Ukraine want to correct me? He faces a fine of up to 120 hryvenius. I guess that's Ukrainian bucks. Ukrainian bucks. It's also the equivalent of three pounds, it seems. But that seems like a uh, a small fine for falsely reporting murder <laughs> for no reason at all, really. French workers can now eat lunch at their desk without breaking the law. Yes, French workers can stuff their face without leaving the office and without breaking the law. To help curb the spread of COVID-19, the country has suspended a long-standing prohibition on desk lunches, according to a government decree. Uh, That seems like a strange law to prohibit eating at your desk. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just the American in me. I've, uh, I've ate lunch at the workplace without even taking a break. Sometimes you just don't have time. 
I mean, this whole job thing is pretty new to me, but, uh, you know, the day job activity. But I notice a lot of people eat lunches without leaving their desk, without stopping work. They just plow right through it, take a bite of a sandwich here and there whenever they can fit one in. But it looks like the French are, they're like not about that. They're about taking a long lunch, it seems. The lunch break is called Le Pause Déjeuner. Le Pause Déjeuner. It's long been considered sacrosanct in France until now. French labor code forbid employers from allowing workers to have their meals in the workplace, reflecting the importance of food and meals in their national culture. Yeah, it seems to me like the French probably don't even have a cafeteria in their workplace, right? They all leave to go get lunch. Let's find out how how long the lunch is. I'm going to guess it's two hours, correct? Because the French are just known for not wanting to work. Before the pandemic, French workers typically enjoyed a two- or three-course meal with colleagues at a nearby bistro. A three-course meal for your lunch break? That's outrageous. I would never consider it. French media outlets have tried to project what the future will look like by running images of unhappy workers eating sandwiches at their desks. Well, that is extremely true. Uh, When you eat lunch at your desk, you are very unhappy, especially when that lunch is a sandwich and not a three-course meal. The temporary rule applies to offices with more than 50 employees and where the layout of the cafeteria does not allow for social distancing. People must be at least one meter apart when not wearing a face mask. France has implemented a slew of containment measures as it battles the pandemic. And then it gives, uh, it gives some numbers on the people infected and how long the bars and restaurants have been, have been closed. It's, it's terrible. Cafes and restaurants in France, especially, I'd imagine, are pretty upset. And the people have to be pretty upset because, I mean, sitting in a cafe for hours just seems to be the, the French thing to do. Just having four bottles of wine on your lunch break. It just seems like the French way, which I'm kind of jealous that it is. <laughs> I wish my culture was so, I don't know, lazy. I just wish we were that lazy that we would just, <laughs> just leave work for three hours. Have a, a bit of cognac, dr- you know, drink ourselves to, into a stupor, have a cigar, eat a steak, and then go back to work completely buzzed. And no one, no one gets angry. Everybody else is totally buzzed as well. Your boss, the CEO, everybody's messed up from lunch and no one... No one says boo about it. That just seems like a, a great way to live. That lifestyle. And I'd imagine it's, uh, it's all going to go away temporarily. It's a, it's a damn shame. Now you guys can enjoy the thrill of eating a bag of potato chips in a cubicle the way we do it in America. <laughs> a cannabis lounge becomes the town's only shelter for the homeless during a deep freeze. Faced with more than a week of sub-freezing temperatures, ice, Several inches of snow, a marijuana lounge in Oklahoma has stepped up to serve as the town's only warming station and shelter service for the town's homeless population. It's called Bud's B-U-D-Z Lounge on Main Street. Way to go, Bud's Lounge. Shout out to Bud's Lounge on Main Street. If you guys are going to buy some cannabis in Oklahoma, I don't know what city this is, but go go to Bud's Lounge on Main Street for all of your marijuana and CBD needs. These people are stepping up in housing and saving lives, actually saving lives during a deep freeze. I'm wondering why the local government isn't isn't helping these homeless people. This is just unacceptable behavior from government. Uh, This Bud's Lounge is offering shelter and warming services. They're offering food, clothing, and blankets to those in need. Unbelievable. Way to go, Bud's Lounge. They're probably getting everybody high as well. And you want to get high as shit during a sub-freeze. You know, I mean, there's nowhere to go. It's ice. The community's blanketed in, in snow. There's nowhere to go. It's extremely cold. 
You want some food, clothing, and you want some cannabis. That'll get you through the night. Whatever I get shut through the night. How did this come about? Well, Buds volunteered to help out after they saw the town's Facebook page raise the issue of what was being done to help the town's homeless population during the deep freeze that has gripped the state for over the past week. Apparently, nothing was being done. Good job, everybody. Let's go to our Facebook page for the town and uh, talk about it, but do nothing. Meanwhile, you know, people are just dying in the snow piles around your town. Unacceptable. Shout out to Buds for coming through. Initially, Buds was offering a public warming station for those who lost power last week, said co-owner Sarah Hutt Greenman. But when she and her mother, Jane Stiles, who was also a co-owner of Buds and the medical marijuana dispensary next door, Flowers to the People, saw a Facebook post on Friday asking what was being done for the homeless people in Wagoner, Oklahoma, they decided to open the lounge as a shelter to, to be, begin providing food and clothing to those in need. Here's a quote from Hutt Greenman. We were watching it unfold on the Facebook, people crying out for a need. We watched it for about half an hour and saw that no one was stepping up. And we said, forget that. We're going to cease anything we were doing in here and step step up and be what the community needs us to be. We're going to show what compassion and love really look like for this town. Although Hutt Greenman and her mom had worked in social services for many years in Oklahoma, specifically in Wagoner, a town of 9,000, she says she was unaware that there was such a significant population of homeless people in such a small town. We're a warming station during the day and welcoming any overnight guests if they have a need, food, clothing, whatever. There's a lot of love here. They can come. Anybody can come and we'll help. Since Saturday, Buds has provided overnight shelter to nine people, provided food care packages, clothing, and blankets to a total of 24 people experiencing homelessness, including seven children, she said. About 20 people per day use the warming station. And some people who are not homeless but are poor have also come by to get some supplies that have been donated by the, by the community, including food and blankets. We have people who aren't necessarily homeless, just in a different economic status, as you can imagine. They're coming in for blankets as well. It's not just us. It's all of us. Everybody's suffering during the pandemic. The town does not have a homeless shelter, she says. Wow, this is outrageous. Although 9,000-person town... Um, you, know, you may not have a full-time homeless shelter in such a small town, but in instances like this, a pandemic and a deep freeze, middle of winter, I think you should provide something. I mean, open up the local gymnasium. The schools are probably not operating. You know, Open a school. Let them sleep there. <laughs> Put a couple security guards. Help out, town. I mean, it's just so exacerbating to me that when you, you know, local politics, even you know, on a national level as well, I mean, it just it takes so much. So, so much time and paperwork needs to get done. Time, that, that made no sense. So much paperwork, let me, let me rephrase this. So much paperwork and bullshit, administrative bullshit has to happen for anything to be done. And a lot of, the, a lot, a lot of times it's a crisis and it needs to be fixed and addressed immediately. There's no time for paperwork to be pushed through. There's no time for this to go up in front of a committee and be voted on. You're going to go and vote on an emergency homeless shelter during a, a deep freeze. You know, by the time you guys approve the shit, eight people are going to die because a week has gone by before it actually gets approved. It's just so stupid the way we do things with centralized government. That's why, you know, there comes times where you have to just really look to your local community to help out. And you can't wait around for the mayor to sign some paperwork. You can't wait around for the city council to help out. You got to do it yourself. I love this story because it's not only weird, but it's just it's encouraging. And it, it gives me I just like to hear when when uh, the locals step up 
and they say, you know what, government, screw you. We're going to do it ourselves. We're going to help out our community. I just love this shit. And I like to imagine that all those homeless people, not only did they get blankets, but they got high, so high. I'm so grateful that you listened to the end of this episode of the Weird AF News podcast. I hope you enjoyed the stories. Thanks to everyone who sent them to me. Uh, I got an email from Karen about the story I did yesterday about the Karen support groups in Michigan. Thank you, Jonesy, for telling the world about the Karen support group. Finally, social justice is happening in this country. I'm now going to move to Michigan so I can join this Karen support group. (laughs) I guess your podcast is a little useful after all, Jonesy. Even a broken clock is right once a day. See you in Michigan, Karen. (laughs) That is one of the more hilarious emails that I've ever received. Uh, I appreciate that. Also got a message from Victoria. She wrote, uh, hi, Jonesy, been listening for about two months I found you on Google, and when I shut my alarm off in the morning, I get your voice full blast in my ear. Oh, that sounds like a nightmare, Victoria. I'm sorry about that. She says, at first I didn't know what to think, but after a few listens, you are now part of my morning routine. It reminds me of my mom taking me to school every morning when the radio show she listened to would play what they called the Bizarro File. That sounds pretty awesome. Is that like the X-Files? She says, I wish she was still here as she would get a kick out of it as well, meaning her mother. Um, thanks for all the weird news and hysterical commentary. It's refreshing since all the boring news is more COVID death and politics. I tell all my friends about your show. Never stop, please. And thank you. You're a fan from Philly. Much love, Victoria. I got a fan from Philly. Wow, man. I never knew that. I was, uh, I want fans from Philly. They're hard to please. Yeah. Philly people in Philly are uh, very particular about their shit. Um, they are, they're very difficult to please. They get angry very easily. I mean, I'm only going by my experience with Philly sports fans, mostly, which I know a lot of. Uh, but I'd imagine that it bleeds into other areas of their entertainment. So uh, you got to really step up your game if you're going to be loved by Philly people, for sure. And I'm so, so I'm so grateful that I have one fan from Philly. I never thought I'd have this many. So thank you, Victoria. And I really appreciate the message, too. That It means a lot that you took the time to actually write me. Um, I loved it. I loved it. Big shout out to you. And I hope you'll keep listening to Weird AF News. Uh, I got an email from someone named Nicole. Uh, She says, Jonesy, I've been a police officer for more than 25 years. Wow, this is fascinating. I never knew I had any police officer listeners. I've actually asked a few times on the show, anybody work for the police department? Uh, Nicole writes, I love your podcast. Your news is what we deal with every day. As to police arresting drunk people, well, we can't leave them alone to stumble into traffic, choke on their own vomit, or get washed out with the tide. Records would show we come across them and you know, hence are liable. When it comes to arresting drunks passing out in their cars, we used to have many options. Since drunks will wake up after a time and decide they're sober and drink off and kill someone. So we'd either arrest them for, I'm having a hard time with this. Um, I think it means, okay, wake up after a time and decide they're sober and drink off and kill someone. I think you meant and drive off and kill someone. Yeah. So we'd either arrest these drunk people for public intoxication, release them to a sober friend, take them to a Denny's if they were on the freeway or street, we tow their car. If they were passed out in a parking lot and parked somewhere safe, not in the middle of nowhere and not too drunk, we'd take, we'd take throw their keys in a field. It would usually be quicker and easier for them to walk home or call. You throw your, their keys in a field? Really? I find that hard to believe. Uh, now, with MAAD pushing for laws and policies, we can't let someone go that is passed out inside their car. We have to file the DUI charge. If not, we could get fired. The idea behind it is good but does punish the person trying to do the right thing by sleeping it off. So it's on the politicians. Uh, thanks, Nick. Yeah, it's on the politicians, of course. Uh, I don't blame you, Nick. This is, this is, you know, you guys are given protocol that's handed down from above. It's not your fault. You're doing the best you can. 
I know I bash police a lot on this show, and I, you know, and, and I, I tend to get emotional, and I'm really sorry about that. I, I shouldn't. Uh, I should be lighter on the on the police. Um, I'm just, uh, in my experience, it, it's, they, uh, you know, my experience has been different with the police. It's never. I, I just don't. All right, I'm not even going to get into it, but I was going to say. Uh, I have been hard on the police, and I should uh, I should really lighten up. And I, I really appreciate your you uh, you writing me, Nicole. And of course, I appreciate your service more than twenty five years as a police officer. It is a, such a difficult job, it really is. And I and I feel bad that there's some bad apples that are giving the great officers like yourself uh, uh, sometimes a bad uh, reputation. Um, I hate to see that, but that seems to be the trend lately. Um, but I'm I'm grateful that you that you wrote me. And I hope you'll keep listening to the show. And if I ever have a police question, I'm just going to totally ask you. Because I cover a lot of weird crime, and I always have questions about how can this happen? Like, what is going on here? Um, so, yeah, I'll reach out to you. And if anyone wants to reach out to me, you can on, uh, f- on Gmail. On Gmail. Wow. I can't even talk today. It's funnyjones at gmail.com. Uh, or you can go to my Instagram account, at funnyjones. On Twitter, it's at Funny Jones. On Facebook, it's Comedian Jones. You could just send me a message or call the show if you'd like, 646-450-2012. Thanks a lot.